0: Hey, he made it three scoreless Well, that's pretty good <laughs> That's pretty good, okay, I'll take that There you go, there you go, Brian Which it's Bello, it's B-E-L-L-O But it's pronounced Bayo, which he taught me during the interview So now I actually have to mispronounce it until we get to the interview So that way, the illusion is seamless Alright <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's why I put this shirt back on And made sure it was night when I recorded it earlier today
1: You know, it it, it can't, it, everything can't be perfect, you
2: know?
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome into another week of the Stadium Experience. I'm Jake Elmsley, Jordan moment here alongside me. And there is a smattering of topics today, Jordan. Is that a good word to kind of describe today?
1: Smattering is appropriate.
0: It's a smattering of topics, and it's such a smattering of topics that it will not just be me and Jordan today. Later on in the show, we're going to be joined by producer Derek, the TV producer for the Woo Sox, and he'll be joining us to talk about the Patriots, excuse me, the Patriots. He'll be joining us to talk about the, just kind of what the Red Sox have in the system. Me and Jordan, obviously, gigantic baseball heads. We're really, we're in the nitty gritty of the entire sport, but we can't follow everything. We can't watch every single Triple A, double A, single A. Do they still have single A? are don't they getting rid of single A. Either way, there's, we can't there's, watch...
1: There's two single A's. There's there's high and there's low.
0: Oh, my God. Is lowercase and uppercase? Yep. Oh, my God. So you can't... We can't watch every single game. So we could we bring Derek on? So we'll have that interview for you a little bit later in the program. But as we kind of do by tradition or by design, or for some reason, we're going to start talking about the Patriots who... When I wrote this rundown yesterday for the show, Doom and Gloom for the Patriots. Because yesterday they had a joint their first joint practice with Josh McDaniels and Friends down in Las Vegas with the Raiders. And remember that name, because they come back up later. Mm-hmm. Keep that, keep, remember that Raiders. They they will come up later. But they had practice, and it was, by all accounts, for everything except for the run defense for the Patriots, very bad. It was, according to some people, the worst offensive performance all camp from the team, you know, who had started to maybe look, you know, after the second preseason game, join practice with the Panthers, maybe starting to look up a little bit. Things are at least starting to look better. And then apparently all accounts, terrible, terrible day, a lot of picks, a lot of miscues, just not good. Even in seven on sevens where they've been good, even when they've been, rest of it hasn't been good. Just bad performance all around for the Patriots. So terrible stuff there. Now, today, reportedly, I haven't seen that much info on it, but the consensus has been that today was better. A little bit, kind of, they kind of fell back to the mean, but still, it's not, for at least for me, it's not. Oh you know overly encouraging that after they come off playing against the panthers who i don't think are a particularly good team altogether and i believe that jordan also doesn't think they're a particularly good team it would be
1: they're, they're not
0: no i didn't know if you were i mean I, I probably should have paused to let you jump to some defense of your panthers but nevertheless <laughs> we carry on but A little bit, you know, concerning that after they, you know, when they're suddenly against a team like the Raiders, so I'm not saying the Raiders have some stellar defense or the Raiders are some stellar world beater of a team, but I think the Raiders are a good team. I think the Raiders could be a playoff team. I mean, I think that entire division could be a playoff team. So if anything tanks the Raiders, it'll probably be that division, but a little bit less encouraging that the second you go against what is more so a real team than the Carolina Panthers, you immediately fall apart so i don't i you know i don't know jordan i mean what do you, do you take much away from that from one bad day followed by what was apparently a fine day what do you what are we taking away from this because kind of doing our camp check-in moment
1: um so so we talked about this a little bit yesterday and i i had mentioned that that the panthers don't have that much worse of a defense than the raiders I'll in fact you can probably argue that the panthers may have more upside to their defense than the Raiders because the Raiders defense Last year was probably the reason Probably the number one factor that Held them back aside from John Gruden and Henry Ruggs and all that Stuff uh, the Raiders defense Is not good it's sort Of a hodgepodge Of pieces some of them work Some of them don't mm-hmm. not a lot of depth, depth Around all their positions So it's, it's not it's not A good sign That they're struggling against the Raiders and really all aspects, offense, defense, except for the run defense. Run I defense guess. looked
0: okay. Gotta <laughs> tell you, that was one That's, of my big, that. that was one of our big concerns. Run defense looked okay. According to people yesterday, the run, do you know, uh, Christian Barmore and um, Devin Godshow, who again is apparently the greatest defensive tackle of all time, according to analytics that I only saw after he signed an extension. After I can't remember seeing him do one thing all last season, apparently the greatest run defender of all time. So just remember that.
1: <laughs> anyway, go uh, on. It, it's 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 not boding well. Yeah. Unlike- especially especially since like the Raiders are sort of in that I mean m- middle of the pack of the AFC, I guess.
0: Yeah. That's I mean, I think they're with you. I think if I was to tier the AFC, I think they're in about the same realm as where I would like to put the Patriots, if I'm being fair. I mean, I Yeah,
1: but whatever that realm is, the Raiders are on like the high the high end sure. of it.
0: Sure, whatever tier we're doing, yeah, that's fair. To say. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll do that. I I would be willing to put the ah, uh, mm, I don't know. I have to do my I still have to do my final AFC tier, but they're in the same tier. They're in that tier with the Patriots of like could be a playoff team. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a seven seed, and I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs. But beyond that, speaking of the run defense, by the way, on uh, my man Ronnie Perkins on uh, season-ending IR. By the way little little before we get into the real injury news uh, Ronnie Perkins who I was not like high on because of who he was but hope was hoping that maybe they could get something out of a third round pick from last year didn't play a game last season not going to play a game this year Jordan so we're going to be going on a two straight years Ronnie Perkins will go two seasons without a single regular season snap
1: that's yeah, not that's not particularly good
0: not that you know do you, do you think that will impede Ronnie Perkins development um, or do you think we're probably overstating not, the importance not playing,
1: of not playing football for two years? Straight? Yeah, I mean, do you think it we're might...
0: overstating the importance of playing football in the development of a football player?
1: Hmm. Well, some would say you don't really need to play football to mm-hmm. get better at it.
0: I haven't played football a day in my life professionally,
1: and I think I think you can probably slot right into the the Patriots secondary. So <laughs> I
0: can throw myself down in the slot. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll take, take over
1: it. what take over J C Jackson's spot.
0: Hey, J C Jackson broke his again uh, ankle surgery. He's out a couple weeks. So Belichick
1: oh, does it again, baby. Good, maybe it's a good thing the Patriots moved on from. That's like what I'm saying.
0: Damage <laughs> goods out two to four weeks, baby. But no, so that you know. Anyway, I'll start. I'll stop dancing around it. Uh, the injury news for the Patriots obviously is that at the end of the second preseason game, uh, Taekwon Thornton broke his collarbone. So probably like the most the thing I was the most excited about for this team offensively is uh, now going to be he's gonna be out for about eight to 10 weeks. So he'll come back. He'll be back this season. But I don't I don't have like super, super elaborate takes on this. I got to be honest. Other than. God, it sucks. I don't like it. It's annoying. It's frustrating. He was looking good. He was a bright spot. He was a bright spot for them offensively. He's been looking good. Devontae Parker's also been looking pretty good, by the way. A lot of good Devontae Parker things. I'm not going to take, like, all my Taequann Thornton stock and invest it in Devontae Parker. But so he's out for the year. Uh, You know, just collarbone, just snapped out eight to ten weeks. Not going to have time to build any kind of chemistry with Mac Jones. And New England will be without his services. When, believe this or not, Jordan? Because mm-hmm. the thing about this is that I'll say is that of all the, as much as like you know you can malign the Patriots' receiver core for not That's having not good for not having a true alpha, but I think a little bit far away from back by the way, Jordan. But okay, but the thing that we've contended, the thing that I've said, has been that like they don't have. The problem with the Patriots receivers isn't a depth thing. I think their depth is fine and good. It's a matter of not having like an elite weapon, like one elite weapon to kind of slot everybody in, and which is supported by the way, Jordan. There have been a lot a lot of trade chatter from other teams trying to buy Patriots receivers. And this trade chatter was kind of good. And it's kind of quieted down with the Tyquan Thornton injury, obviously, but it was a position where teams are looking at Nelson Aguilar. Teams were apparently calling about Kendrick Bourne, which is very concerning because he was like their only truly functional receiver last year. Well, not only truly functional receiver, but by a mile, their best receiver that last season, maybe. But apparently teams are talking about him. Teams are talking about I'm Ty- uh, talking about Nelson Aguilar, and I wouldn't have wanted to trade any of them, even if Taekwond Thornton was healthy. Now, the one contention of that would be that the one, I guess, at least issue from a roster building standpoint to maybe the Patriots would be that none of the none of their five receivers, they, you know, I'd like Bourne, Devontae Parker, Tyquan, Joby Myers, and Nelson Aguilar, none of them really can play on special teams at all. And in the aggregate, I'm ah, being serious. So, like in the aggregate of like if all five of your receivers nobody can, that could create an issue. I I will I will concede that, but.
1: Even then, like, yeah, even yeah, if it's not yeah, that, that, I that's want... Some, that's some issues, you know, punt pun return, kickoff.
0: But, yeah, Gunnar Oshkiewski is gone now. But even that, my God, I would... I would not have been a fan of moving any of them. And that's a concern because there's been some issues with Kendrick Bourne. Like, he didn't play in the second preseason game after... And a lot of people have come out and said it was probably a disciplinary thing because he got into some fights. He was, like, one of, the, one of the main guys involved in a lot of the fights... During the Panthers OTAs, and it was like there was one point when he tried to come on the field, and like a ref whistled him off because his knee pads or something weren't hooked up right, and Belichick got pissed about that and just sent him away for the whole day. So I don't know if there's been some kind of like uh been some kind of tension with Kendrick Bourne, who again was their best receiver last season on a team that I I would say cannot afford to be um you know depriving themselves. Of offensive skill position talent, Jordan. I don't know about you. I know apparently you know, teams see them as a real seller. Teams see them as a team you can kind of come and buy somebody off. Because there are teams in worse receiver situations. I will say that. There are still teams that have worse receiver situations. And again, but but few and far between. You know, you you got a team like the Packers. You got a team like the Ravens. You know,
1: Ravens have a I mean, no, they don't, they don't they have, they have good. They have good tight ends.
0: They have one good tight end. Mark. He's very good. Yeah. Like the Patriots, the majors have like a good tight end. And then ah, the receivers are kind of mad,
1: but, but the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. They have Lamar Jackson. Good offensive line. and <laughs> exactly. good Defense. But besides that, yeah, you know, we're talking about, but you know, game. it's
0: Kendrick board would be the best receiver on the Ravens. But anyway, so, but I say, you know, me, Jordan, and this is me. I'm stupid. I've never, I've never donned a jockstrap. I've never, uh, you know, set foot. I've actually been, that's a lie. I have actually been on the field at Gillette Stadium, Jordan. I have for UMass band day. So I've, I've, I've been on the field. I've ran through the tunnel. I brought a football and I threw one pass into the end zone. Oh, I had to sneak that thing in underneath my little marching band lapel. But I got it in. Okay. Oh, I got it in, Jordan. I've thrown a touchdown pass at Gillette Stadium can't take that away from me. I've done it.
1: I, I cannot. That's more than I've done. But
0: I would say if you have Mac Jones, maybe your second-year quarterback, trying to help him out. You haven't done the greatest job giving him talent. You, 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 you're you a little bit deficient in that area. Maybe. Maybe just me. Stupid me, Jordan. Again, with an IQ of approximately 18, 19 maybe. Might say... Mm. Maybe find the special team bodies elsewhere and, you know, just give Mac Jones as much talent as possible, which apparently is a very controversial statement even beyond this. Because again, I'll come out and say right now, I don't care if Kendrick Bourne is being kind of an ass. I'm still holding on to him. Yeah, maybe I'm just still, you know, hoping it works itself out. But apparently the Patriots... According to some reports from Albert Breer, apparently Isaiah Wynn has been in trade rumors. It's been Isaiah Wynn trade chatter, Jordan. Which again, stop me and sedate me when I start sounding like a crazy person. Please, Jordan, who's not even my co-host, who's just the orderly and the insane asylum that I'm in who I think is my co-host and I'm in this, mu- and what I think is my mic is actually like a broken faucet that I'm speaking into. Mm-hmm. I say again, when you have a, you know, Hey, this is from Albert Breer. Maybe though, maybe something you don't do with your second year quarterback is get rid of his right tackle. <laughs> just be not left tackle anymore they moved they flipped him in Trent Brown which is probably a fine idea whatever yeah maybe maybe you don't trade the right tackle Jordan is all I'm saying I don't know about you do you because I'll read you this. this is from Albert Breer the one guy I know definitively that they've talked with other teams on is Isaiah Wynn the first round pick from 2018. Wynn though is on a 10.4 million dollar fifth year option Which has made it tough to move a guy who for four years after he was drafted is still seen as a tackle guard tweener. Which that last bit I reject because I am dunk because I've spent four years talking about Isaiah Wynn playing guard, and I've never once seen that man take a snap at guard. So I think that's never gonna happen. He's a tackle, whether you like it or not. But I you know, I'm not gonna sit here and be like a massive Isaiah Wynn enjoyer. Or anything of the like, but I mean, like, my God, like, then the article goes on to talk about, like, no, 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 y- Yodney Kajust has looked great, Jordan. Remember, remember Yodney Kajust? Uh, no. Ah, uh, there was a point when I thought Yodney Juice was a successor to Nate Solder. But, you know, I stopped thinking that at a certain point, because it never happened. But, I don't know, Jordan, I mean, I mean, it, again, sedate me. Explain to me why it, I'm I'm dumb for... Even fathoming this idea of keeping your, wrist what are your starting tackles?
1: So, what your what your what your poorly underdeveloped Neanderthal brain cannot understand. Yeah, I'm glad we have the video now so everybody Belichick, can see my forehead. Exactly, your your forehead is has expanded past your eyes by a tremendous amount. So yeah, yeah. What you don't understand is that Bill Belichick has transcended the game of football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has come to the conclusion that you just don't need offensive linemen anymore.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: So what what, what he what he has figured out mm-hmm. is that if you can just get rid of the ball fast enough, mm-hmm. you don't need anybody on the left edge that makes sense. or right edge to block. Mm-hmm okay you just simply you just simply throw a bubble screen to whom about one 1.2 seconds not kendrick Bourne. not to kendrick Bourne to whomever and then and then you just don't have to worry about getting you know blocked
0: okay i can buy that but yeah i don't i you know i god bless them for uh for for doing the due diligence but uh my my god please please don't but, but- Please don't is trade. In all, Ken.
1: in all serious, I mean, are we tanking? Is that is that the question? <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know. Please is, don't is, tra- is, is, I, I, Don't make me get on my hands and knees and beg to keep Isaiah win, please. Like, that feels like I'm begging for soggy bread. But like, ah, I'm starving here. Like, what do you want?
1: Like. I mean, if 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 it's if it's a fire sale in in Foxborough, like, just just tell us and we can like turn this into a Jets podcast or something. <laughs> before the season gets out please we'll go on a- yeah
0: <laughs> but like I like I don't I mean they haven't done it right like they haven't done any of it like the Nelson Aguilar trade stuff was kind of in the tube for a while and even like if Taequann Thornton was playing I could understand trading Aguilar like I can understand that like whatever like fine you have him go you, you Tyquan Thornton's your speedster he's a fast guy whatever you know You can be your your ex can, whatever fine but now he's gone Please don't trade Kendrick. I don't think you're going to trade Kendrick Bourne because apparently all the chatter on this has died down. Rightfully so. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, th- I guess Taekwon Thornton being out might, you know, open the door for a, a, a little Jordan Humphrey, which is his real name. It's, it's Lil, Jordan Humphrey. I thought it was a nickname until just now. Uh. I I swore to God it was a nickname, but it's not. His name is actually just Lil Jordan Humphrey. But. Like, he's, he's been kind of showing out in the preseason. Like, maybe it opens the door for a guy like that to make the roster for a, a – who cares? Like, I just, whatever. But, yeah, talk about Thornton being out sucks. I, I don't know. Taekwon Ty, Thornton being out – being out sucks. It's really annoying. I'm, I'm really mad about it. I was like, I was getting ready. I was like, maybe they finally hit on a receiver. But nope. 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 Cracked his
1: collarbone. You no, know, imagine if they would have, you know, traded it up to get a stud like like George Pickens and then drafted Cole Strange in the third round. Not, you know, they drafted st-
0: their guy. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give them crap. Like they drafted a receiver, like they recognized the need. Like they went, oh, let's get a receiver in the first two rounds, so and they did it. It's just he's only 183 pounds and some and some larger man fell on his collarbone. So you know what 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 you're gonna do? So you know that's not great, but
1: yeah, it's it's not looking it's not looking hot for the Patriots.
0: Yeah, it's not a good side. You know, it's not. We'll keep coming. I'll keep coming here every week. Again, the takes aren't like all that like overdeveloped from last time we talked about this. But it's ju- it's like because like the preseason game looks fine. Like the preseason game too it was like okay, they look okay. Some rough parts. Like there were like some miscues, a drop or two. Like Matt got sped up a couple times. But, like in the end, they went out. They ended on a touchdown. It looked okay. I'm like, okay, they're getting there. Whatever
1: getting there is, you know, they're getting somewhere. There's progress. That's I all know, I want to see. But, Just get but better. I don't know if getting there against the Panthers yeah. second and third string. That's yeah, a start. How, it's a start. How, is that the bar? I mean, it's a start. <laughs> It's a it's a part of the process. I don't know. Get into September like a, like playing is, like is two like is two about to come out and throw for like six hundred. Yeah, that, maybe. That yeah, it? probably. Almost <laughs> Tyree certainly. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, five five touchdowns. Yeah, probably four hundred all purpose yards. Yeah, maybe. That's...
0: Jalen Mills will <laughs> lock him up, baby.
1: General Mills will put him in the cereal box, baby. <laughs> he's gonna have to. going He's gonna have to cut out his box tops. Oh, nice.
0: I've been trying to make this General Mills thing happen for like 10 months, and I, just, I don't think it's ever going to happen.
1: It's okay, Are though. Are yeah. still on strike? I don't think so. I think they fixed that. No, clearly they're or, not. Or, I mean, come
0: on. It's their number one corner now.
1: Or was it Kellogg's that was on strike? Which I think it was, was General, General Mills. Strike? No,
0: it was definitely General okay. Mills. Because so I remember I crafted some incredibly unfunny tweet that I thought was the funniest thing in the world. About it at some point. And I'm like, this is like, and looking back, I'm like, there's like nine layers to this tweet. Like you have to be somebody who watches all the page, who who watches the Patriots enough to be like aware of Jalen Mills's shortcomings and also like aware of like labor disputes and also find this funny, which is that. That's always kind of the hardest one for me to find, honestly, for most of my jokes. But uh, yeah, no, so not, not, a uh, you know, today looks good though. Today looked good. Run defense looked good yesterday. Again, run defense looked great yesterday. Don't don't you count that out, baby. Don't you count out Barmore and the boys. But yeah uh, you know, I uh, just uh, you know, yeah. Apparently Trent Brown like did like ah, uh, you know, I I don't know. Apparently Trent Brown might have beef with the team now. Kendrick Bourne they benched him, and maybe they all just hate each other. Maybe they're all just slowly starting to not like each other, and that'll maybe that'll be their undoing. I don't know.
1: Maybe, we'll see. maybe the Celtics just stole all the all the sports talent in New England. Uh,
0: you know, can they give it back? Can they loan it back? <laughs> like, can they just pass it around? Like,
1: <laughs> like
0: the Bruins aren't using it. The Red Sox aren't using it. Like the Celtics, like Tatum's just like peacocking for Taylor Rook in interviews, like, which God bless him, I would too. But my God, oh, oh well, yeah, we'll see. Season hasn't started yet, baby. Not started yet. You know, A uh, one one upside of them not being so good. Mm-hmm. A lot of Sundays will be done by four. Uh, a lot of Sundays getting a whole day. A lot of one o'clock games this year. A lot of one o'clock games on that schedule. And I didn't. A couple that are looking like they might be might be good for a flex. And also something I found a random thing. I don't want to get too deeply into this. Patriots are playing two Thursday night games in a row. Which interesting. I didn't know could happen. Yep, but they're playing November twenty fourth against the Vikings. That's a Thursday night game. Then December first against the Bills, which is also a Thursday night game. So
1: playing they're playing on Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, yep, it's a Thanksgiving game. Yeah, that would be why. I you know what? That's I thought about this. I went, I have no idea how this is happening, and that's why. Thank you for reminding me. I actually was like, has any team ever done this before? And then I looked up, I was like, Oh yeah, right. Every example has been somebody playing on Thanksgiving, so that's actually why. Never mind, it's not that weird. They are playing; they're playing the Vikings on
1: Thanksgiving. Oh, that's... so
0: because like, I was who looking, I'm cow- like,
1: who are, who are the Cowboys going to lose to on Thanksgiving?
0: Because I was looking at it, and I was like, well, which of these primetime games that might get flexed out? Because they have like a good amount of primetime games in like late November through December, and I'm like, well, which, which, which of these might get flexed out if they're not playing so good? And it turns out. Both have a Thursday night game, so they can't you can't get flux out of a Thursday night game. That was a wise decision by the Patriots. And the Cowboys are playing the New York football giants, by the way. Uh, so, mm. so get get ready for that one. <laughs> get excited. Unless, um,
1: unless Brian Dayball is literally the greatest football coach <laughs> the world has ever seen. That should uh Yeah, that should be a lock for them.
0: But anyhow, uh, you know, when in doubt, Jordan, whenever whenever I start feeling bad as a Patriots fan, one thing mm-hmm. I can always do is vicariously live vicariously live through watching Tom Brady. Just 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 cl- just go back to claiming Brady. And there's two whole things of Brady news, mm-hmm. two whole Brady things. And me and Jordan talked a lot about this because Jordan didn't even want to talk about this at all, but. Because because well, one you of know
1: things I didn't want to talk. Because
0: about. he doesn't have the sense for this. He doesn't have the nose for scandal that I do. The nose, the nose for drama. He's just a humble sports enjoyer, a statistician, not a, not a, not simply a paparazzi drama queen like I am anyway. So Brady's back at practice and I know we're late to this and I know we're going to be even later when I post this tomorrow, but I want to talk about it anyway. So Brady's back at practice very briefly. It's I swear to God, Jordan, we spent like half an hour arguing about talking about this just for me to explain. Like, I just wanted to mention it anyway. So Brady's back at practice, right? He missed about 11 days of camp. He showed up to camp. Left for eleven days, everybody at the Bucks was like, Yeah, 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 it's a personal thing. It's, you know, it's it's this, it's that, it's but they weren't telling you what it was. Which, at least to me, in my eyes, when I tend to believe that when a team has an easy answer, like any like an easy like answer that everybody's gonna be like, all right, that's fine, about any any given issue, they're gonna tell you. Because why wouldn't they? Like, if Brady was missing practice and they're like, oh, well, you know, like, he's hurt. They just tell you he's hurt. Why wouldn't they? Or if it was, you know, it was something with his family, which has come out. Because, I mean, my first thought was maybe it was something with his family, right? Because his mom's had some health issues. I think his mom had cancer at least, I think, twice, actually. His mom's had some health issues. His, his, his parents are very old. Maybe it was something with them or his kids or something. You know, reports have come out. Not that at all. None of that. Like it was not a health thing to everybody in this is perfectly fine. But and then the photos came out of him and Giselle and the kids just just be just being beautiful in the Bahamas. And you know, personally, and I was the main thing I want to do, I just want to take I really just want to take this moment to be consistent because I don't like it. Yeah, it's a thumb thumbs down for me missing camp to go to the Bahamas with your family. I'll say it! You know, I don't. It's not gonna sink. Or, it's not gonna sink the ship of the bucks. It won't. Probably. It just won't sink. But you know, like, just want to say it. Every me and everybody else in the world collectively spent like 20 years having a circle jerk about how hard Tom Brady worked and how every little practice he showed up and all that, all that. So does the entire Genesis is just. If he doesn't do it, it's like ah, come on, play the game. Me and George were talking about this before. Even if he doesn't need to be there, pretend you need to be there for everybody else. Because there are 52 other people. Oh, my God, like 79 right now. Rosters are at 80. There's 79 other people who are there in Tampa, Florida in August running around. And I assume it's very, it's very hot here, Jordan, in oh, Rhode it Island. It must be terrible. It terrible. must be terrible, right? So I'm just saying, like, you know. If you're there, and then you go on Insta, and you see Brady in the Bahamas, and every other team starting quarterback who's not injured is at the camp, oh, you might not love it. You know, you might, you might, in the moment, sweating, you have a big ringing headache, you know, maybe you're like one of these new old linemen. Especially if you're on the offense, you're like, what What even is the point of this? Like, what? why are we even doing it? Like, if he's not here, like, what does any of this matter? We're like, we're, pre- we're getting, I'm really getting my reps in with Blaine Gabbert. Like, oh, thank God. That'll really pay dividends <laughs> during the season. But anyway, so, which is to say, the whole point is that there must be something afoot. And my instincts on this Brady stuff have typically been very good. Like, we did not ju- did we not just... A month ago, read a report about how Brady was having secret boat meetings with the Dolphins owner. Which, at the time when Brian Flores brought up that he was having secret meetings with the QB, I immediately said that was Brady. I immediately was like, oh, it was obviously Brady. No way it was anybody else. Nobody else would be doing that in that exact way. That funny. And I was right. So all I'm saying is is something. I've seen th- theories that, like, maybe him and Giselle, little on the rocks. Because I don't know, I'm just saying. Otherwise, Jordan, unless like it was like serious, like big tru- trouble at home, does Brady seem like a man who would ever pick his family over like eleven days of scrimmaging? You really think that? Does that sound like the Tom Brady that you know, Jordan?
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe he had some character development. Maybe his kids <laughs> guilt tripped him into into spending time with them. You see, they had the so dad, much time though. Dad. They had like
0: eight months to spend time with him. Like, unless they bought the trip when he was retired, like maybe, maybe he booked. Okay. I got a new theory, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, he probably just booked the trip and it was non-refundable. Maybe he booked, but I honestly, I don't think he was ever really retired. It was all, I mean, he never was. I, I also, I was right about that, by the way, I said, there's no way he's not coming out of retirement. He just hates Bruce Arians. He just wants him gone or he wants something. And he's not getting it. And then he did it. I was right. I was right. But, I just, I just want to plant the seed here for inevitably in like a year and a half, when like the mo- this turns out to have been over the most ridiculous thing in the world as a whole, whole thing, which will happen. It'll be something, but it'll turn out like Brady was never in the Bahamas and the photos were all staged, and like he was truly actually off having more like secret boat meetings in international waters with like I don't know the dolphins again probably, but maybe maybe he bought the trip when he was you know. Trying to really get trying to convince the Bucks he wasn't bluffing and he like sent them the tickets. He was like, See, I bought a trip in the middle of training camp. Obviously, I'm really retired unless you give me something. Which I do have one more theory. I do have one more theory, Jordan. Mm-hmm. That maybe, maybe, because after seeing the stuff about the Dolphins, about how they were offering like an ownership stake, but the Bucks just wouldn't let him out of his contract, which I think is. I think basically at this point, I'm convinced that the timeline is Brady retired because he wanted to get out of that contract so we could go take the deal with the Dolphins or something. Maybe he had something else lined up and the Bucks just wouldn't let him out of the contract. They wouldn't let him out. And then eventually they just came to the consensus that we're not letting you out of the contract, but if you really don't like Bruce Arians, we'll get rid of Bruce Arians. We'll do that for you. But like, you got it. You're playing next season. You're playing with the Bucks. Maybe, maybe Brady got to camp. He was in that really hot Florida sun. Was playing, and just at some point was like, "What am I doing?" I had like being an owner on the table, like I had I had a stake in a franchise on the table. "Eh, Maybe that makes you want. Maybe that makes you need to have some time to cool off. That's like my only other theory, because you know, if you had a stake in the team on the table, maybe you get a couple week, get a week into practice, and you're like, "I shouldn't be here." I shouldn't be a player. (laughs) I should be a player owner, coach, all rolled into one. I don't know. That's, that's something. I don't know. I just want to get on the table that I think there's going to be some ridiculous thing in a year from now. I know Jordan doesn't want to talk about this at all. We'll move on. So anyway, though, to the other Brady thing and this Brady story double feature that allows us Mm -hmm. to not to talk about the Patriots training camp. So, I think it will probably be old news by soon, but I told you to remember the Raiders and you've probably heard this story before. But if you haven't, I'm going to play you some audio. Dana, Ooh. I know, Dana White on the, they have, they have a Gronk cast now for UFC fights. At least they did for this one. They had, they had they had Gronk and all the other Gronks. I think it was all of them. I didn't actually look, but I assume it was all of them.
1: <laughs> the it was so, clan.
0: some critical mass of Gronks. I believe so. I don't know what they call them. I believe they call them a like a rack. That's like the term.
1: The the rule of Gronk.
0: <laughs> like when you find a group of Gronks in nature, like this, it's called a rack, or maybe it's called, uh, I don't know, it's called something. But he was on there with them, and Danny White basically. You know, play the
3: audio. I I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And whoa, all whoa. hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And, and and Brady was already
2: looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las wow. Vegas
3: would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucs won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal whoa. up. And there's so much story that goes. Along with this, behind the scenes, and I, 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 I was never going to tell that story till Gronk just said it. But uh, and yeah, and Dana, uh, that is what, exactly what happened, happening. and you just told the story.
0: <laughs> so, I, 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 do, I do have a main thought. I do, I do have a thought first. Mm-hmm. I, 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 will say I have to. I have to assume that that must be at least a little bit embellished. By uh, by Mr. White. If anything, for the fact that I I can't imagine how far along the thing would actually get if John Gruden wasn't into it. I would I would find it a little bit strange that you would get that close to it, as close as he's saying, if, like, John Gruden, who they were paying $100 million to be their coach, and allegedly be the quasi-GM. I don't really know exactly what the arrangement was, but he seemed like he had a lot of influence there. It would feel a little bit weird to me if... John Crooney just wasn't in on it, and it got that far. He was just not into it, but, you know, Tom Brady, uh, almost. Almost a Raider, allegedly, which gave new life to this, which is something that, I don't know if you recall this, Jordan, but when when Tom Brady was on HBO's The Shop, which will probably now be HBO's A Tax Write-Off soon,
1: but... He said, thi- I, don't think they, I don't think they would do that to, to LeBron.
0: They might. Who knows? Who's to say? But he said this, which now might have better context, knowing that he was potentially almost a Raider. There was a story in free agency. One of the teams, they were interested, and all of a sudden, they weren't interested at the very end. I was sitting there thinking,
1: You're sticking with that motherfucker? <laughs> Are you serious? Tom probably had no desire to go to that team, but now it's like, why don't you want me? Absolutely. Like, yeah, Absolutely. Sure. When I look back, I'm like, there's no fucking way I would have went to that team. <laughs> but they said they
0: didn't want me, and I know what that means. I know what that feels like. And I'm. Like- so at the time, I assumed, ta- I assumed he was talking about the Dolphins, honestly, who apparently turns out would have given Brady everything in the world. Maybe it was a little, a little Derek Carr slander there from Tom Brady. So... Which I do remember at the time. It it, like no, shocking lack of teams were interested in Tom Brady when he was a free agent. Like it looked like from what they from what it was that it was only the Patriots who wouldn't just give him a contract he wanted, and the Bucks at the time. So I would believe that more teams were involved because I thought more teams would be involved. But yeah, yeah, maybe Tom Brady was almost a Raider. That's really I don't really have much to say about it. I just felt. Felt the need to acknowledge it as part of this this Brady double feature, and I I don't know maybe dance on the grave of John Gruden a little bit. You have any dancing to do on the grave of John Gruden, Jordan?
1: So, I've I've heard through other various sports shows that I watch at work because the the, the block of the block of shows on FS1 from like Undisputed to like the end of the herd is like almost the entirety of my shift, so mm-hmm. it works out perfectly. Uh, but what 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 is alleged is that John Grudin had more or less like fifty one percent of control of, you know, player sure. personnel and, yeah, it was something and like all that. that other stuff. It's like
0: him and Mayock, and I can imagine him not just giving Mayock full power.
1: Yeah. So uh, the, the the what the the rumor is that, you know, they they were sort of doing this deal on the hush that Dana White wasn't really talking to John Gruden, he was just talking to Mayock, and then Eventually, John Gruden heard about it, and then he just sort of vetoed it because John Gruden had to be the superstar of the of the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, his ego wouldn't his ego wouldn't allow anything else. And of course, you know, Derek Carr is just sort of you know he's just along for the ride. Right, right. Every every single every single every every one of his seasons in the NFL, he's just sort of been along for the ride. Right.
0: But if it was Brady Um, and they won anything, it would be the it wouldn't be a Gruden thing. It would be okay.
1: It'd be a Brady thing and, right. and Gruden couldn't stand that. Because right. if they win, it just be like, ah, uh, Brady's just doing more winning. But if they lose, it all be John Gruden's fault. So but he wasn't into that. And, you know, he wanted the empire of John Gruden. So which he, uh, I, I do have a new theory. No.
0: I Maybe, maybe it was Brady who leaked John Gruden's emails.
1: Oh, that'd be funny.
0: That uh, You know, I'm telling you, and I'm just putting it out there. Because maybe, maybe he did. He seemed pretty spiteful in that cut. I just played you. If he was talking about John Gruden and the Raiders. So I don't know. That's it. I mean, those are our Brady things. Those are just our Brady distractions from just the the slog that is about, excuse me, the New England Patriots right now. So let's. So-
1: I, I, do, I do, however, want to take a second and, and acknowledge that Derek Carr is a good quarterback.
0: Derek Carr is fine. Derek, Derek just, you
1: know, sure. Dude, dude, dude is just, he's just thrown to the wolves, man. <laughs> no, no one's a Derek Carr fan. <laughs> but
0: we can move into a more positive direction and talk about the Boston Red Sox. We're totally only oh, do yeah. briefly because we have the interview to play. But uh, okay. yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. After the Orioles series. After that. Plus Evaldi being on the DL. Plus a today, today Wednesday, where they're starting Bobby Dahl back at shortstop. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. You were right, Jordan. I I was I was holding. Up. Mathematically, they're still in it. I I don't care. They got to play the division a million times. They're 16 and 33 against the division right now. This gave up eight runs in the third inning against the Blue Jays yesterday. Bayo, he's starting right now though. Have an okay game. He's starting to kind of leak two runs through five innings. And not bad, though. And not bad for the young guy. We'll talk about him a little bit in a minute. But
1: 16 ah. and 33
0: in the, division. in the division. The weird thing is they're 44 and 30. Otherwise, the div- it's, it's solely been a they cannot beat the ALEs consistently problem. That has been the sole undoing of the Red Sox this Yikes. season. That's the thing.
1: They, they never had a chance.
0: No, it's just been that. That's been the thing. Like, otherwise, they have like, <laughs> yeah, they have like a, like a 70% win rate against the rest of the league. Yikes. And they just, yeah, they're 3-11 and against the Blue Jays. Like They can just not play their own division. But anyway, so that's happening. Um, division's only going to get better, by the way, unless the Red Sox lose Aaron Judge. But otherwise, whom I've heard Red Sox might be in on. Oh,
1: oh, oh. Little thing. They, little, they won't pay him.
0: Little won't nugget won't. I've heard along the way. Yeah, they, might.
1: they won't pay him. Yeah, maybe. They won't pay Aaron they Judge. We'll find out. They, they, they won't outbid the Yankees. There's no way. <laughs> we'll see there's no way but it's
0: it, i just i just want but anyway so you know the division's only getting better by the way uh you know the uh the Orioles are already coming out and saying that they're going to actually spend money next season exactly how much not positive but the rotors go out and said they're going to spend money which it's hard to spend less money than 40 million dollars on your roster so if they go up to 100 million dollars that's over double uh, You know, Adley Rutschman Ruch- has just been like the best player in baseball for the last three weeks. So that's fun. They also, you know, they also have just the number two prospect in all of baseball coming up next year in the form of Gunnar Henderson. So Orioles aren't going anywhere. And again, they're actually, they might actually spend a little bit of money and bring in some real players.
1: So that's not going anywhere. Man, Ori- Orioles are in the thick of it.
0: They're they're in it. They're coming up on it. I mean, let me tell you, they got him. They got they got they got this like, Grayson Rodriguez kid who could be coming up. Like they got like they got like three top fifteen prospects that could be in the league next year. They are they are on the come up the or. And again, they they they've come out and said they're actually going to spend money next year. I'll give you even the exact quote. No, I won't. I didn't tag the article. Whoopsie daisy. But. Their GM came out and said they're actually going to spend money Again, who knows how much it is I doubt they're going to just suddenly go from $40 million to spending right up Against the luxury tax But still, it's really hard Anything is up for them (laughs) So the Reds, they're probably not going anywhere The Rays probably aren't going anywhere The Blue Jays probably aren't going anywhere Yankees probably aren't going anywhere Which is to say, the Red Sox Are in a tough spot In a division That they cannot seem to buy a win in However, that's where we brought producer Derek on to talk to us about. So let's just, let's meet, chat with him right now. And Jordan and and I will be back in a moment. All right. And joining me now as advertised, we have the broad, the TV broadcast producer for the Woosocks, producer Derek joining us now. And how are you, Derek? I'm
3: doing great. How are you doing today?
0: From a baseball perspective, terrible. Life perspective, I'm doing okay. But I want to bring Derek on today because I I will admit, as much as I like to fancy myself some form of old-timey baseball scout, a certain portrayal of mine, a certain character. I'm not down at AAA. I'm not watching the Blue Sox games very often. Since they moved out of Rhode Island, it's a lot harder for me. Maybe I could, but we'll blame the great state of Rhode Island for that. But either way, I'm not watching a lot of that. I'm not I'm cer- I'm certainly not really taking in as many Portland Sea Dogs games as I may have in my youth. But I did want to bring somebody on who does do that, who might have a better idea, and especially and the main thing I want to talk to I want to talk to Derek about. I want to talk to you about Derek. Is the kind of what is in the pipeline for the Red Sox pitching wise? Because If you look at their prospect list, I mean, of their top 10 prospects, you obviously have Brian Bellow, who came up for a little bit. He's on IL right now. You have a Brian Mata. You have a Brandon Walter. You know, I mean, number 12, you have Chris Murphy. You have guys who are at least projected by MLB.com, projected by a lot of other lists to be available to come up at some point in 2023. Some of them are technically listed as this year. I mean, you have Wachowski. Winkowski, Wakakowski who had a dynamite perfor- who had a dynamite performance last night, only giving up six runs in over two and a half innings against the Blue Jays last night. But again, I just want to bring it on because the Red Sox have are going to have to basically remake their pitching rotation this offseason with you know Nathan Navaldi being a free agent and being one of the top pitching free agents on the market. Waka being a free agent Rich Rich Hill being a free agent if I'm going to list that to count that one but I just just want to ask you I mean it's not that any of these players are really regarded as really highly elite prospects but with the Red Sox really needing the help in the starting rotation really needing the help in the bullpen having about maybe one and a half viable arms depending on the health status of Tanner Halke at any given moment I guess just what with these guys just to ask you the broad question What are they looking at? What can they expect? Who, like, what are you seeing with a lot of these guys in Worcester right now?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, from a lot of the writers and experts and other people I've talked to over the course of the season, this is a really exciting time for Red Sox pitching prospects. You have to go back to... Really, some people compare it to maybe about Mm 2014-ish when they had Erod and Brian Johnson and those kinds of guys in the Mm -hmm. system. Heard other people go all the way back to like 06, 07, 08 when you had John Lester and Clay Buckholes in the system. It's that kind of that kind of hype train, that kind of excitement. Um, And obviously, we're not really going to see a ton of that this year. You've seen some of the guys get called up. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see like the results we're looking for this year, Um, even if you go back way, way back. I know Buckles threw a no-hitter in his second game, but it took him a little while to kind of get established as a Major League starter. Same with mm-hmm. John Lester. That first season, I know he's coming off of the cancer uh, treatments and everything, but it took him a little while to get established as a true Major League starter. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to have a little patience with some of these guys. But Some of these guys are really good and have shown talent. Uh, Brian Bayo, I know it's kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag at the Major League level, but Watching him uh, for, I can't remember off the top of my head how many starts, but let's say about a month and a half, two months starting at Worcester, he was just dominant.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, they had
3: other pitchers that were really good down there that led, like Connor Siebel led the league in the ERA. He was one of the leaders in the ERA for a little while. Uh, Winkowski was really good down there. This guy was different. Bayo start was way different. Okay. The stuff was just that much, you could tell looking at it. You said, "Wow, this is this is not like the other guys. Something here is not like the others. Um, it really stood apart." So I think he's only I think 23. He's still got time to grow and learn. Um, I know I just read the other day Nathan Ivaldi, He referred to Nate Abalde as somebody that he's is mentoring him
2: mm-hmm. and
3: that he's learning from when he's up there with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And Abalde kind of followed up on and gave uh, a similar take. He said his fastball is electric. stuff stuffs there. He has the ability to compete at the major league level. It's just a matter of being consistent and kind of putting it all together. Yeah. So, and I think some of that falls in line with some of the other guys. You, know, you mentioned Winkowski, you mentioned uh, Walter. He's been out for a while. he's been out for about two months with a back issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, I think in April, uh, I think he was the double uh, the a forget the division. The Sea dogs are in the East uh, <laughs> picture of the month for April. He had some some crazy stat line like 29 strikeouts to one walk or
0: something. Really,
2: okay.
3: Really good control. Um, He made I think two or three starts for Worcester, and then his back flared up. Mm -hmm. Um, So curious to see where he's at if he comes back later this year or where he's at going next year. Chris Murphy, the numbers aren't really there, but watching him pitch, he's very methodical. Um, He's a lefty with a pulse. Mm -hmm. He kind of gets it done. He's he's a little uh, he kind of sneaks up on you. Um, so there's some guys down there that can be helpful whether they remain as starters or you look at a guy like Winkowski and say, would he be more effective coming out of the bullpen perhaps? Maybe that's an option for them down the road. But I think they have – I think the, the important takeaway is on the whole, they have good arms in the system right now. Mm-hmm. And they can kind of sort through which ones are actually going to make it and which ones are, you know, just depth pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess with that, I mean, again, not to – just kind of in the grander scheme, I mean, just what, like, opening day next season, because obviously, I mean, this season is mathematically not a lost cause. We'll say that. We'll put that out there. We might have already said that before. I don't know where this is exactly (laughs) going in the grander episode today when I pull some magic and seamlessly transition to this uh, later at night when the light is different behind me. But either way, I mean, just going into opening day, going into next season, I mean, just, I don't even necessarily need individual roles for individual pitchers, but just what, critical mass of just production do you really think that they can reasonably expect to just be getting from some of these guys even if not at the start of the season I mean maybe by like you know midsummer. like what can what do you think the Red Sox could reasonably be expecting because obviously I would love to see them cycle some of these less than optimal arms you know maybe a Sara Mora, maybe a Ryan Brazier maybe a Matt Barnes every other month you know when you have a when you have a bad half year Matt Barnes maybe a him just what obviously like the Red Sox desperate attempt to have a number three starter who's not a number five starter I mean just like what what it would be like a reasonable expectation for this team? Like what like if you're if you're high in Bloom, like how much are you adding to this team versus how much are you leaving available for some of these guys to eat up?
3: Yeah, I think that's you know, that's gonna be the real challenge in this offseason. I kinda of think that Bloom and the Red Sox have always had twenty twenty three as kind of like their uh that's kind of their goal the last two seasons. That's kind of what they've been mm-hmm. arching towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think at least one or two of these guys is going to be able to slot into the rotation at some point. Okay. Uh, Bayo obviously, he's kind of already on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. I still think next year he should start the season in AAA just to kind of control innings a little bit, um, give him a soft landing spot, and then he comes up in say May or June.
0: Okay. Um,
3: yep. that's where I would like to see him. Mm-hmm. But it depends on how he does in spring training. If he's lights out in spring training, then why, why waste yeah. the innings in AAA? Um, and I'd like to see, like I said, Walter's kind of, he's missed so much time. It's hard to evaluate where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. I'd like to see where he either finishes this year or what he looks like in spring training. He's the guy who could potentially help you out as maybe a fifth starter or a long man. Out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple other bullpen arms. Frank Hermann has been really solid for Worcester out of the bullpen. I think he's somebody, he's still on the young side. He's somebody who could maybe be like a midseason call-up next year
2: mm-hmm. and could help
3: them out. Mm-hmm. Um, he could, uh, in a sense, he could almost be like your John Schreiber next year of where did this guy come from? Where did he come from out of our system? You know, oh, like sure, anything. sure. Um, so he's a guy. There's another guy. I think he's in Portland, Santos. i um, not sure how close he is, but I know he's made it into the Red Sox top 30 uh, as far as Baseball America is concerned. Mm-hmm. um so he's a guy I don't know that he's 2023 20, he might be 2024 20, um but he's a guy in the pipeline that could help you out out of the pen um Caleb Ward's been really good for Worcester but he hasn't been as great as Boston so maybe you bring him back up in September and see what you really got there and decide if he's somebody who's in your plans next year or not mm-hmm. um but yeah as far as the off season goes. I think it's going to be a mix. There's going to be some guys in the pipeline that you can use and mix in. Maybe you look at Winkowski and Sebold and say, Are "You guys better out of the pen." That worked for Tanner Howick this year. Um, he looked much better coming out of the pen than he did starting. Oh
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think I think he I think he's I think he could be dynamite if they really keep him in like a long reliever role. Yeah, or even
3: I kind of liked him in the closer role. It kind of reminded me of way back in the day, Papelbon came up as a starter. Yeah. Oh sure. And they just didn't have a closer, and he said, "Guys, I'll just be the closer." And he loved it. He said, "I don't want to go back to starting," and that made a whole career out of it. Oh so sure. If that's something that could work for Tanner Um, especially with a whole offseason preparing mm-hmm. to go to that role, as oh, opposed sure. to just switching into it mid-season. That'll be a
0: boon for the Red maybe Sox. Maybe this
3: guy's your closer, which would be phenomenal. You don't have to go pick some guy up. Mm-hmm. But I still think the Red Sox are going to need some uh, some veteran help coming in i think they're going to need to sign like a uh, probably at least a number two starter Mm -hmm. just to fill out that rotation um and then obviously they do a good job with this but just finding those like veteran pieces Mm -hmm. that help fill out roster on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. yeah they've been
0: i will say i feel like they've been last season i think they that was one thing that you know one of the reasons that they went as far as they did obviously with Last season, I think they did a much better job. I will say this season, I feel like there's a lot of the same guys in fairness. And that's sort of the nature of relievers is kind of what I tell people. I'm like, well, there are no relievers who are good every single year. That's the nature of a relief arm, which is usually why I'm always a fan of, honestly. I love Trey. I love bringing guys who have been bad for six months because maybe you'll catch them on the upswing is always the way I look at it. Like I I would almost bet money that Matt Barnes will somehow be like their top reliever next year. And then in 2024, we'll not. And then we'll be traded somewhere else and we'll go, oh, good riddance. And then in 2025, we'll be on, let's call it, let's call it the Reds. Let's call it the Reds and just lead the league and save somehow. But that's besides the point. But so it's good to see these guys. It's, I mean, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) I'll believe you, but I mean, obviously like you'll have, we're seeing these guys come up now you're seeing a wooden you're seeing a guy like this struggle how much do you think for some of these guys who have come up now for again a bayo bellow bayo i keep i know i keep mispronouncing i think i pronounce it wrong (laughs) every single time which is why i brought you on which is again which is why i wanted to bring a triple a triple a expert on the show but yeah it's it's double
3: l the y sound double l y bayo bayo bayo
0: So, what are we like? What can you like these guys now with a full spring training? How beneficial do you think that is? How beneficial do you really think that is for most pitchers? Like, what can't like what kind of jump do you think you can expect from some of these guys in a year or two? Hopefully, with the major league or at least getting their second crack at the major league at some point.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all great experience. You know, I kind of go back, I like to look at different like trends with this ownership group Um, Mm because I feel like they kind of go in cycles and they kind of learn from their own uh, successes and failures. So I kind of look back at like 2012 when they had the greatest team on paper that just blew up. Bobby V, or terrible. And, you know, they got to a point in August and they said, this ain't happening. Mm -hmm. They traded off all these guys and basically said, we're starting early on 2013. Mm -hmm. And that kind of all worked out. So I think in a sense here, not to that dramatic effect, but some of these guys getting time up now in August. I'm really interested to see what they do with September call-ups, who gets the call-up here, Mm -hmm. just getting experience with some of these guys. You know, you mentioned Nathan Evaldi. I don't know that he's gonna be back here next year, but he's a great team player, he's a great team leader. Mm -hmm. He's the kind of guy that, guys like Bayo and some of the others just spending time around him can learn how to be a pro and learn how to uh, approach what they need to do every day. So I think that stuff is hugely valuable you come up, you learn from these guys, and even when Chris Sale was down um, in Worcester for the one start that he made, just being around these guys and seeing what they do, you're able to kind of like, you know, take that in, digest mm-hmm. it, and have a whole off season to kind of like, wow, maybe I should like be approaching my training like this. Maybe I should do X, Y, and Z. I need to step up to this level.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And some of these guys will get it, and they'll they'll come into spring training hot. They'll come into spring training ready to go. And some other guys might not. You know, it's kind of – that's kind of the human nature aspect Mm. of it. But to kind of – kind of gone around in a circle here. But I think um, my money on the guy to watch going into the training is Bayo. I know that's the easy answer. Mm. But he's going to really be – does this guy fit in your rotation next year or not? And is it at the beginning of the year or is it a midseason call-up? I like a midseason call-up like June-ish. Oh, sure. Just to kind of, like I said, control innings give him a soft landing, like let him work out whatever kinks he needs to in spring training and, and AAA, and then bring him up. I think he can be a really good quality starter for you.
0: Okay. So I know we've talked mainly about the pitchers, but in general, I mean, anybody else, you th- I mean, Casas might be coming up next season. It might come up as soon as maybe this season at this point with the way they're going. Although Hosmer has actually been a breath of fresh air. It's incredible – It's really – it's incredible how much better a baseball team looks like when they have a representative first baseman on the (laughs) diamond, which I personally never would have thought. I, many years ago, wrote my great novel on the futility of the first baseman, but I guess I was wrong. But anybody else to – I mean, either in a call-up, either be called up before the end of the season, or just anybody to you really think could be a contributor sooner rather than later that maybe people aren't talking a lot about, or maybe I just don't know about, or just – yeah, I mean, who who else outside of pitching is really standing out to you?
3: Yeah, I'll give you three guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start with Costas. You brought it up, but he's that's the guy everybody's calling for right now to get called up, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think
3: I think Cora might have alluded to it. Like, there's there's just not at bats for him right now. They'd rather he get at bats. He missed about two months with a rolled ankle, where he basically didn't do anything. So they want him to get at bats and kind of progress. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, some of the some of the similar things I was telling you about Bayo he stands out
2: mm-hmm. he's
3: different you see him get in the batters box he's a big boy he is big and he hits the ball far um, he he, uh, he approaches hitting a little bit like JD Martinez and that he's like very um, methodical he wants to learn about it he wants mm-hmm. to review tape he wants to learn like what's this little thing I can do different what's that little thing I can do different he's very invested in the art of hitting and just kind of like learning more. Um, He's a guy similar. I wouldn't mind him coming up in September, just being around the major league club and just kind of learning like, this is what's expected to be. This is how you go about it. He and Hosmer have this connection because they went to, uh, I think the same college or the same high school. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they they have this weird connection. Uh, It's been written about a little bit. They both have talked about each other. They're aware of each other. I'm not sure if they've actually met in person, but it would be good for them to spend some time together. Um, Casas has been playing first base, but by next year, if JD's gone, theoretically, you could put him in a DH or, or whatever. Okay, that loose. was my
0: next question. Yeah,
3: yeah. so the, you know they'll they'll find somewhere for him to um, for him to hit
0: mm-hmm.
2: if
3: that's uh, if that's the case. A um, couple other guys, guy I'm interested in for this year would be ryan Fitzgerald. he's been pretty good at triple a all year he went through a little slump this season he can play any position he's uh he's a little older i think he's 28. um he kind of reminds me in the sense of almost like a brock Holt type where he can be a super utility he's a good clubhouse guy brings the energy he had to go through indie ball, so he's kind of humble. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy I'd be curious to see if he can hit at the major league level. I think September is a good time to just see what you have in him. No, sure, sure. Uh, and whether he's worth coming back next year. And then the other guy, so the DB3, oh, Connor Wong, uh, with Christian Vasquez going. You know, I know the Red Sox picked up Reese McGuire. They have Kevin Gilecki that takes care of this season, but... What's the future? It's Connor Wong. Does that does Vasquez leaving clear the door for Connor Wong to come up and be part of the Red Sox team? Mm-hmm. Um, his bat, he's been really hot since uh, I think June 1st. Um, he's hitting, I want to say close to 300. He's had uh, the last in the last homestand. I think he had three home runs and five games or something like that. Um, so he's been coming on as of late with his bat. I know he caught Sale and Evaldi when they made rehab starts down there. They both had really positive things to say about him. They liked working with him in terms of him calling the game and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that goes a long way. Uh, oh, sure. How many pitchers have we seen over the years that couldn't hit at all, but the guys liked working with them, so they had a job? So I'm curious where he falls in their plans. Again, September's a big month for me as far as these minor leaguers go. Like, I really want to see who the Red Sox call up and give at bats too um, to see where they're going next year. Cause mm-hmm. I think this year's, even though they're technically still in it, I think this year's a wash. You just see what you got for next year and move on. Um, so I'm curious where Connor Wall lands on that. If they view him as a starter or a backup, what is he to the organization? So I'm, I'm really curious about that. I think he could have an impact, but I'd like to see him with more major league mm-hmm. experience and see what that translates to.
0: Sure. All right. Well, I mean, that's that about does it for me, unless you have any other real, real, real secret spice, deep cut info exclusive for the stadium experience about the status of the of the stats about the entire Red Sox organization. Like, I don't know if you were like in an elevator with High and Bloom recently or anything of the like, but <laughs> otherwise, um, you know, he's on Twitter as producer Derek at Derek with two R's Willand with two L's. Yep. Do you have anything else you want to let the people know about, Derek?
3: Or? Uh, you know, just – this goes for you too, Jake, but, you know, uh, come on out to Polar Park. Like, if you haven't been yet, it's a great experience. Um, you know, it's a beautiful ballpark there. It's probably – haven't gone to, you know, other minor league parks. It's kind of – I say this is as close as you're going to get to, like, a major league experience in terms okay. of what the park looks like and just the way it's set up. And uh, it's just very easy to get to and, and experience. So – we get a chance this season or next season, come on out to pull the park. Come see some of these guys. Uh, we're going to end up being part of the Red Sox organization next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, perfect. I mean, thank you
0: again for joining us. You're welcome to come on anytime and I'll call you any other time. I have any random question about the Red Sox farm system, spring training. Definitely. If any of these guys come up I and mean, like I said, you're welcome on the show anytime. And again, absolutely. thank you for coming on. And this, this has been my, my segment, my, my interview, my, my portion of with with producer Derek. So, back to back to the rest of the show. So Kevin Durant's not going anywhere. You, you want to talk about great embarrassment? Not to continue to have this be like the drama report show today, but mm-hmm. there's only like one. There's only one sport actually happening right now that we talk about, and and yeah, Red Sox aren't doing very good. So what else do you want from us? But the. The Kevin Durant uh, odyssey has allegedly been resolved and will allegedly be happy and go lucky and Nets GM Sean Marks, not the owner, Nets GM Sean Marks came out, nah, he was yesterday, he came out yesterday and said, Steve Nash and I, together with Josai and Clara Wu-Sai, who I assume is his wife. Met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind. Build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So again, the matter is resolved. <sighs> Everybody is friends again. Kyrie's on board. Ben Simmons, I, I haven't heard a word to him. I assume he's locked in. So the Brooklyn Net, the good ship Nets... Is now firing on all cylinders, really, Jordan? I mean, how? I mean, really? I mean, how? After reading that and seeing everything we've seen, I mean, how can you not feel feel good about the Brooklyn Nets?
1: That team, that team is a – still a walking disaster.
0: Oh, it's like they're doubling down on it. It's incredible. I I don't understand how they come back from
1: this, right? Like, I mean, I mean. There was there was no way Kevin Durant was ever going to get traded with a contract that has even started yet. Oh, that's, that's what's I disagree with part.
0: that. That makes him a bigger asset. But we talked about it. We talked about how like it was, some of the trade scenarios are pretty complicated, and how I thought he might like it, How they might just like hold on to him to like start the season, just to like let some other contract things like clear out. But they're, they're trying to make it work. Who talked him into this? Who? Because I, I, and you disagree with me on this. This must have been Josai who made this work, because I doubt Durant was trying to make it work. And why would Sean Marks and Steve Nash try to make it work if mean, he was just trying to get you two fired? So there's a chance that Josai is the greatest peacemaker of our time. There's a chance that they should send Josai to the Ukraine. There's a chance they should send Josai to Taiwan. There's a chance even Josai should make a stop in Jerusalem, but. Be I mean, kabat, like it's not gonna work. Like, I become mean, like they have all the talent in the world. Like, I want to sit here and be like, Oh, yeah, the Nets are a threat. I got all that talent, but I mean, like, i mean, like, in a month from now, Kyrie's not gonna want to play like on games where there's like a high tide on like the Ivory Coast.
1: I'll, I'll give them until December, uh, they'll, they'll be good, they'll everything will be okay until December. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably a good. And then, and then the breaks are going to fall fall off. But I, oh, I, I breaking from, news. I from, oh, breaking news!
0: A breaking news! I just got this. I mean, it won't be breaking news tomorrow when this podcast gets posted. But hang on, not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but uh, this is a tweet from Shams. Three year NBA veteran Taco Fall is signing a one year deal with the Chinese Basketball Association with Xin with Zin Yang. Per sources, I, I, the seven-foot-six center play, played for Boston and Cleveland and now departs to play abroad. So speaking of sending our greatest peacemakers to China, like.
1: Oh, man. I'm, I'm absolutely devastated by the loss of Taco Falls and, and the National Basketball Association.
0: He's just taking some time to develop,
1: Jordan. He's going over there. oh uh. <laughs> I I'm I'm truly I'm actually distraught right now. I don't know how I'm gonna pull myself together. <laughs> it's um, so I, I always wanted I always wanted a a a Taco Falls Celtics reunion. I felt okay. like they do need a backup center last year. That is their biggest it was one of their greatest mistakes.
0: That is their biggest deficiency, is like they could use like a nice backup center, but you don't you're saying you don't wanna get a which basketball team is it in well, What's the name of the team? Oh, he's gonna be on the Flying Tigers. No, the Flying Tiger. Am I pronouncing that right? Could be on the Flying Tiger. I mean, I maybe I'll buy the Taco Fall Flying Tigers jersey.
1: Dang, what's the, what's 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 the, what's the spread on his uh his stats this year? Oh what's, my god, I'm absolutely over, gonna I'm the- absolutely
0: gonna gamble on Taco Fall overs in Chinese basketball. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna take the over on rebounds every game.
1: Over what 13 and a half? Rebounds. Yeah, whatever
0: that is. Whatever he might not even get minutes there. Who's to say?
1: uh But but <laughs> go. Uh, I, I'm 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 on the opposite side of you. I think I think Sean Marks sat Kevin Durant down and said, "Look, either you can stay <laughs> here, or we're going to trade you to the Kings for their entire bench and five first round picks, and you can go you can go waste away there." And then Kevin Durant being the the, the savvy that that he is <laughs> said, I'll I'll stick I'll stay in Brooklyn. I think we can make this work.
0: You see, I just I can't believe it came from Sean Marks because it's clear that he just doesn't just doesn't respect him at all. Like that's why I just have to think it came from the very top. Cause it, he just clearly doesn't doesn't care what any of these people think. Which, again, is to the point of why it's probably going to be a walking – like, how is that practice going to run? Like, how is the first practice going to work when everybody goes in and it's like Kyrie who won't show up, like Durant who was just telling the manager public – like, telling the owner publicly to fire the coach, and then, like, what, Steve Nash is going to, like, give him a drill, like, put some cones down, and everybody's just going to do – like, Ben Simmons walks in, but maybe he doesn't, maybe he's not there.
1: Ben Simmons wheel Stroll wheels himself in in his wheelchair to preserve his uh, energy. Like it's like how how does this possibly work, right? Like how
0: how like it's impossible. No way it works, right? Like
1: zero percent. It's no
0: way it works. How does
1: any of it work? Like you have like, a, you have a man who 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 doesn't want to play basketball. You have Kevin Durant, which Kevin Durant is good. He's one of the best basketball players to ever play, but he can <laughs> only do so much in the Eastern Conference. And he doesn't and want Simmons. to be there. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to be there. And he just and sounded ben off Simmons.
0: on every single person there. Like
1: I don't know what Ben Simmons deal is. He he he's broken. His he needs a back surgery. He still can't he shoot. the therapist. Like he needs a therapist. Dude, dude needs everything right now. I don't. I don't know what's going on with that team. And then I guess the, it's bench like, is, the bench is the bench. Too. Yeah, I
0: mean whatever. Like the roster's fine. Like I'm not even complaining about like the talent level, but it's just like how does this
1: possibly work? How how does this? I don't, how know, does... I don't know what the odds are in Vegas, but I'm pretty sure they're probably like what I mean. I, they have to
0: reset them again, I assume, because now like Durant's
1: <laughs> back in. Like, it's, it's crazy.
0: It's crazy. It's just, that thing is insane. Like, it's insane. How does that, like, it's insane. It's so stupid. It's so funny. And I'm glad that this is happening, because this means that my favorite reality show gets to continue. Because if Durant got traded, it's over. It's done now. Like, now they're just like a team, and they have some assets, and they're like, yeah, trying to be good, or trying to kind of pick a direction. Maybe they're trying to develop some guys. Who knows? Ah. There's 29 other teams that are doing that, you know? The Nets, though, are something special. The Nets are a phenomenal drama of human emotion.
1: I I think the Lakers are are coming up behind them. Yeah, I don't know. They're not like this. Come on. I mean, the Lakers aren't like this. I mean, they're just
0: like, oh, Russell Westbrook's kind of a tough fit. I mean, that's really it. But this, I mean, come on, Jordan. Like, everybody hates each other. Like, Kyrie's being Kyrie. Like, this is great. I'm so glad he's not gone yet because it's going to flare up again. And then we can do this all again. It'll be great. Our people will get tired of it. I don't know. I won't get tired of it. I can understand why, like, if you are somebody who simply wants to enjoy good basketball, this this is repulsive to you. But to me, ah, I love it. And it gets to continue. Thank
1: I'm God. On record saying basketball is not the main focus of the NBA. <laughs> it is simply class warfare.
0: It is. And in, in, in this round, uh, Kevin Durant lost. It okay. see, seems like Kevin Durant had kind of, Kevin Durant lost this round.
1: The the landlords won once.
0: landlords won this one, it seems like. Uh, you know, and, and Ky- Kyrie said he's locked in and to stay but nobody was asking him to.
1: Don't believe it. I'll so believe it when I see
0: it. Maybe the Lakers aren't getting Kyrie now. They got to figure out another, they got to figure out another rejection plan on the Russell Westbrook thing. But so that's fun. That's fun. This this is a great time. I'm I'm having a great time with this Durant thing. This hell hell of an outcome. You you hate to see it happen to such such pillars of the it game. Dude, but dude took a big L. Dude too took a little bit. of it. Dude really, they really called his bluff. Like like my, like I got. I'm not in the business of like praising billionaires or siding with owners. But my my God, did they call his bluff? That's crazy on their part. I gotta tell you, like it's it's kind of crazy to see like a, like a star in the NBA not get exactly what they want, whatever they want. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> like it's kind of unprecedented in the last couple of years. But they stood they stood firm. They so that happened. So there was
1: also there was also some. Uh, I'll, I'll throw I'll, I'll throw this last thing out. Okay. A lot of people are blaming the Timberwolves for absolutely destroying the market for KD,
0: it, Cause it's of, possible yeah because now they just now the nets can't possibly get less than they got for rudy gobert because like the value yeah. of stars that kind of always fluctuates like up and down a little bit but yeah within the same off season absolutely yeah like yeah, they can't if, if, possibly if, trade him for less than the yeah,
1: if, rudy, if rudy gobert gets five picks like you got to give up like 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 the franchising rights, to, make, to get Kevin Durant, you have to give up the team, right? Which <laughs> makes the sort cost of too the discrepancy.
0: Like you can't, you can't trade Kevin Durant for less than Rudy Gobert got a month ago. No, that is true. That's something I've thought about. Kevin, <laughs> the Timberwolves did in fact ruin it, <laughs> Ru- ruin the trade market for Kevin Durant. It's it's actually extremely fun. They really did. Like if this happened like an off season ago, whatever, you know, different market. This you gotta get more. You, know, you look like a fool. But nope, the Nets—they—they they called his bluff. There, they're, they're dragging him into the Barclays Center, kicking and screaming. So, again, probably gonna be—again, uh, I have a good feeling that this will be the year for the Nets. They're gonna—they're gonna get it together. Everybody's gonna get along.
1: Everybody's gonna play real good. I mean, but if it does work, so that's a very good basketball team.
0: I, you know, it's been the whole time they've all been there.
1: It's it just, so, it, they, they just have to get on the same page will they no. probably not but if they do that's that's a very good battle.
0: you see they're even further away from being on the same page than they were at the end of the season when they got swept that's the they're getting yes. further away from being on yes. the same page
1: they have regressed
0: <laughs> they're just making it like can like durant burned every
1: single bridge and then forgot he was still on the island yeah, there's a resounding lack of trust in that organization, off <laughs> like the bottom.
0: Like it got worse. Like it made it worse. Oh, God, Ben Simmons is gonna have to really make a difference this year. It's all, it's all down, it's all down to Ben, baby.
1: That boy better be. He better win Defensive Player of the Year. He's
0: gotta do something. They need him they need Ben to turn up but yeah I don't all,
1: know all NBA first team defense or something I don't know now, he's done
0: it before but I don't know if that's gonna be the thing that fixes them. they need Ben to be like the emotional leader
1: Ben Simmons <laughs> has to be the heart and soul. that's the point it's like who's the one who steps
0: up and brings them together it's obviously not gonna be Durant like, as he doesn't want to be there, it's not going to be Kyrie. They're going to be lucky if Kyrie shows up. It's not going to be Ben Simmons. Like, who's going to be? Like, why would it be Steve Nash? They've all spent all this time just dicking all over Steve Na- Like, there's nobody. There's nobody who will, like, who will make it work. So it's obviously not going to work. Like, there's nobody in there who's going to, like, be the one to step up and be like, hey, guys, let's let's all get along. Like, come on. Let's. Work towards a to- common goal. We all want to win a championship. Then you see that statement that Shaw Marks said. Oh, we're all working for one thing. We're all a team. Nobody is nobody. Nobody. should all hate each other. It's a mess. They should just trade him now. Like
1: maybe, maybe Josiah is the peacemaker.
0: <laughs> he has to be. He's the only one who possibly he'll, can. Like
1: he'll he'll have to be. Yeah. He's the only it's one. Only who... him.
0: Like it could. Nobody else. That's what I'm saying. You gotta plop the man down in the Ukraine. Like he's got something. He's got some understanding of the human psyche.
1: Josiah just has to go, I pay all of you, get along now.
0: But, you know, you want to talk about how the Big 12 is just becoming the D-League for the SEC?
1: Yes, yes we can. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. It's it's funny. It's, it it's, is funny.
0: It's pretty funny. It, are we going to get, like I was thinking about this, is it is college football just trending like 70 years behind the NFL and are we just going to get to a point where it's, is genuinely just a two conference sport. Like will division 1 college football just get to a point where it's like cuz I was reading I mean some people are saying some projections are saying like the yes, like the Big 10 and the SEC could both have like 20 plus teams within the next 5 years. Like at that point like just have it be two conferences. Just have it be two conferences. Like just have them be the only two. Like Gavin Newsom I, I didn't realize this, that we missed this in June made UCLA like explain why it was beneficial to the state of California for them to join the big 10. Yeah.
1: And, and recently the, uh, the regents, that, that was the word I, I was forgetting earlier when we were on the phone, the regents of UCLA are also trying to get them to not move out of the pac 12. But I guess, I, I guess the, the, the number one problem is that there is no larger centralizing force in college football that can just say, no do not consolidate all your power in this conferences like they they, every team just sort of goes to whatever television network offers them the biggest contract right because like why wouldn't you fox is given this and i mean the big 10 is given that and it's
0: the big 10 and the sec just have so much more like you're you're better off just being like fodder in the sec than anything else like my god when they have their own network like the TV deals are massive. Like you can't blame these teams. I mean, yeah, no. Like the ACC is going to get gutted. I'm within the next five years. Like FSU is going to be in the SEC. Clemson's going to be in the F- SEC. Like it's,
1: like, it's like they were saying. Like Vanderbilt, fo- Vanderbilt's football team was making more money than USC and UCLA. Yeah, and that's Vanderbilt's football team wins like four games a year.
0: Yeah, but they get, but they get that runoff. They're like, it's like it's like being a bad MOB team. It's like being, yeah, it's like being the. Not the pot. It's like being like the athletics or something. You're just getting the you're getting your cut of the TV deal, buddy, and it's so big that you're just so much better off being in the SEC or the Big Ten than almost anybody, like almost anywhere. And it, you know,
1: it, it might go too far. I mean, and, and there's still like enclaves of talent. You know, Utah. Oh sure, Utah or Utah State. What is it? Utah. Utah still good. Like Pitt is still good. Clemson for now, and but it's.
0: But again, P- P- Clemson's gonna be in the SEC I, I, in the next five I, I years. i telling you
1: that. Like, I, it's, it's like I understand functionally the teams within the same regions being within the same conference, but
0: that's not what it's about.
1: It's not what it's about. It's about money, and then sort of NIL deals are also going to have a undisclosed hand, and how this all goes. But I think, I think the problem is is just there's there's just there's no. There's no there's no centralization to this. No, there's no central force that says each team can only have this x amount, or you know contracts can be this, and NIL deals can be that. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's the Wild West. Well, it's the NCAA,
0: I mean, it was, but they're incompetent at most things. Yeah, and it's like, unlike they, like, they didn't even they didn't even want to play players. So, so like, at what point are we getting to the point where it is genuinely just like, yeah, we're in college football, you're either in the SEC conference or the, either in the Southeastern. Southeastern Conference conference, or
1: you are in the Big Ten. You're one of the 50 teams in the Big Ten, and it's like it's like who runs college football is like the SEC and what,
2: boosters. Fox.
0: It <laughs> just boosters, whichever <laughs> the, the teams. T- bo-
1: this, the TV networks and the SEC. Those those are yeah. those who, those are the primary decision making makers in college football.
0: <laughs> like, it's nothing. It's hilarious. It's funny at this point. Like
1: it's like, yep. Yeah, I hope you're not a big ACC
0: fan. Because, Yeah, Cincinnati has a couple good years. I mean, come on, like somebody's gonna poach them. Yeah, somebody's gonna grab Cincy. Like, I mean, Clemson, what's Clemson doing there? You know, Florida, I gotta I keep seeing that Florida State is like exploring
1: options. I mean, the, a, the AAC, the ACC, not the AAC, the AAC is probably gonna be dead soon, but the ACC, like, they're doing okay. Like Miami is probably going to make a resurgence in which, a couple of years. Which is
0: also funny but, though that like I read the article where it said Florida State is exploring options. I'm like, so they're looking, so they're looking at the SEC. I'm like, so, so they're looking at the SEC, so that's what they're doing. Like, what do you mean they're exploring yeah. options? Like, they're cons- yes. they're counting how much money they can make in the SEC, and then they will look at that number and go, ah, that is bigger than the amount of money we make right now. Can somebody confirm is this number bigger than this number? And they go, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well. As trendy as see that,
1: like. Yeah, but the the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve, they're they're more they're just dead. They're they're they're, they're not long water. for this world.
0: They're they they are not long for this world.
1: And you know, there's still like the little like the niche conferences, like the Sun Belt and Mountain West and the AAC. I mean, those, I mean, they're 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 sort of like in their own realm. I guess. Yeah, they're yeah, they're not like major major from this.
0: But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah,
1: it's kind of it's, it's kind of sad. I it's, mean... you know, it's
0: not the best, is it? I mean, the the one the one upshot of it could be right. the The upshot could be maybe you see the major SEC teams play like more competitive schedules. Like that's like yeah. the upshot of it. But, but, in my opinion, you shouldn't have to gut the entirety of college football. Just to get a few more ranked opponents on Alabama's schedule, yeah. Like, like just, so like just play Clemson. Just, just put them on the
1: schedule. They, they won't, they won't do it. Like, oh, it's so funny. Oh Instead God, they'll, Alabama. They'll just play Toledo and Vanderbilt and Tennessee and. Well, I mean, if you it's, it's reaching, it's reaching the point where even you know Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Kentucky, like, like they're giving Bama a run for their money now. I mean, they which, will, you know. I, those three teams I just named are actually very good, and they probably win any other division in college football or conference, rather.
0: Yeah, which by the way, yeah, we to be seeing like the fourth place team in the SEC making the playoffs. Like, are we gonna get yeah. to that? Are we gonna get to that point
1: with it? Yeah, like, old, like Ole Miss is the best team in literally every other conference.
0: Like, do we get to a
1: point where it's like, yeah, hey, no, except no, the Big Ten,
0: But it's like, yeah, so we got we got we got an Alabama, Georgia. Well, LSU, SEC, Clemson playoffs. Have a good time, everybody.
1: And that'll be like the, fir- the fourth iteration of that. <laughs>
0: Have a good time, everybody. It'll be great. <laughs> Just all SEC, baby, all the time. It's it's the SEC. It's SEC football with occasional guests. That's <laughs> c- occasionally Ohio State sneaks in. But yeah, I don't. I don't what is what is? God, football season starts this week. Jordan had to remind me of that. Get get yeah, excited, Nebraska,
1: Pop- Nebraska and Northwestern. They're playing in Ireland on you know? Saturday. Oh my God, really? But yeah, you know, at noon Eastern.
0: You know, Notre Dame will just when when the, when the dust settles and there's only two conferences ruling it all. Notre Dame will still insist on being unaffiliated for some godforsaken reason, and everybody will just kind of let them let them be. But yeah, I don't. I got. I don't, I don't know. You got you got yeah, anything else for Jake, today?
1: You got anything else for today, well, George? Tradition. They're ruining college football. What about loyalty?
0: <laughs> the tradition of of Notre Dame just being an entity unto itself. It'll just be it'll just be it'll be the apocalypse. The drones are whirling around trying to find teams that aren't in the Big Ten or SEC to to, to absorb them, to assimilate them. And then nope, not Notre Dame, baby. They just they have an exception. They've just they've coded themselves in something that doesn't alert the sensors.
1: Yeah, but no, I'm I'm done. I, I mean, I'll, my last thoughts will be. This is a very fixable problem, but it will require all of these conferences ceding power to a a central organization that will benefit college football as a sport rather than individual programs within the SEC or the Big Ten.
0: Which is to say you don't believe that it will happen.
1: It will probably will never happen. Okay, unless, excellent. Unless the, t- unless the TV providers force them. Excellent. Unless Fox, unless Fox is just like, hey... uh, Work I this would out because we, we don't want everybody to be in the same conference anymore. It's bad for ratings. Then maybe.
0: But. All right. Uh, so this has been a real downer of an episode, I think. <laughs> so I think we're just going to end it. So, so that's it. We're done. I made the TikTok, by the way. Follow the stadium experience. The underscore stadium underscore experience on TikTok. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jake underscore Elmsley. Follow Jordan at. Jordan, what's your Twitter?
1: Twitter handle? Uh, true underscore world underscore king same thing on my instagram
0: we have a youtube now if you want to watch us on youtube it is just the stadium experience with jake elmsley posting uploads of the game we have once we have zero subscribers and one view on the on last week's episode on there we're doing numbers but check us out there uh, have a great week everybody see you next time good goodbye